when you choke on your own nuts, there's a problem. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, everybody? Welcome to another long-awaited episode 002 of Sideways in Time. Obviously, if you pay attention to the show, we weren't, uh, we didn't have a show going last week. That was all uh, Patrick's fault. I'm going to blame him. Uh, No, it was my fault. I have, uh, (laughs) I have, it's been, it's been a hectic uh, couple of weeks in, in real life. So all good things, nothing bad, but because of uh, my, uh, my bullshit we weren't able to do the show last week so here we are back in all of our glory uh on today's show we're going to go through uh a couple of details about the upcoming journey pro all our shows are secret shows um we're also going to get into biggie winning the wwe title samoa joe drops the nxt title uh also nxt 2.0 um and then we're also going to touch a little bit about zelina vega being dropped from the 9-11 raw um and a few other little details I'm sure we'll get into from there. We're also going to do our Mount Rushmore this week, which is going to be our favorite heel turns in wrestling history. Uh, and then our main event, our what if, is going to be what if Eric Bischoff and his, uh, I forget what the name of the company was, but his... Fugit Media. That's or, what it is. Yeah. Fugit... Yeah. <laughs> words is always... Words are always a problem. Anyway, we're going to talk about uh, what if... Bischoff had bought WCW and what would have happened from there. So yeah, that's uh that's today's show. And uh of, of course, introductions. I'm your co-host Lucha Chris. Over here to this side. Oh, I did it right this time. This guy over here. Nice, nice. Look the at one that. And We're only, almost professional. So close. Uh <laughs> the always wonderful Patriot Pat. What's going on, Pat? Oh, not much. How you doing, my friend? It's good to be back. I missed I missed you last week. You I know, know man. We're, we uh, don't like to be separated for too long. Yeah, you know, it's 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 rough. It's you know, we're almost like Siamese twins that have been separated. I'm sorry, conjoined twins. Yeah, that have been whatever. separated, and you know, you can't. You know, that was that was a horrible joke. <laughs> you know what would be a good joke? Uh, if you if you uh, dropped a a joke of the week on us, we're gonna try this out. Oh, okay. A joke of the week. Um, so, did you hear the one about the Polish wrestler that made it to the finals of the Olympic gold? I didn't. Okay. So, there's this Polish wrestler. Shouldn't have been in the Olympics at all, but because of drug testing and all that stuff, he was the only person that Poland could send. So he goes through the matches and goes through the qualifiers. Miraculously, he starts winning. He gets to the finals. He gets to the gold medal match, and he's facing the Russian wrestler, who the Russian wrestler has never lost. So the coach comes out to me. He's like, look, just, just go out there. Just, just do what you can. You've already made the country so proud. Just, just, just do your best. So the Polish wrestler goes out. He's scared beyond belief. He's standing there big Russian, you know, six, seven, three forty, just all muscle and hate, just looking at him and and the ref signals the beginning of the match and immediately Russian dives in, wraps him up, slams Polish wrestler to the ground. Polish wrestler looks up, sees a set of testicles above him. So he 
bends forward and he bites with all his might and the crowd hears this blood-curdling scream. Bam! Russians on his back. Polish wrestler pins him. Boom! Poland wins the gold in wrestling at the Olympics. Afterwards, coach comes up and he's like, I can't believe you did that. I can't believe you won. How did that happen? Polish wrestler goes, you will not believe the amount of strength you get after you bite your own testicles. Oh, what the fuck? <laughs> you need to get those checked out, man. He needs to maybe get some, uh, some reconstructive sur- surgery. When you choke on your own nuts, there's a problem. <laughs> awesome. That was hilarious. So yeah, we're going to, we, we might, depending on how awful his jokes are, which usually they're pretty fucking good. We might do this as a reoccurring thing every yeah, uh, was, every show. I, I'll, I'll throw I'll throw some Patriot Pat originals in there. <laughs> that was a good one though. I like that one. Nothing like a good balls in the mouth joke. Uh, well, you know, I figured I'd stick with the theme of the show. <laughs> <laughs> we always have our balls in our mouth. So, uh, so yeah, like I said at the uh, at the beginning of the show, uh, we're gonna go ahead and. Uh, talk about some details of journey pro all our shows are secret shows obviously again if you're in missouri specifically kansas city area uh journey pro wrestling is the creme de la creme of the uh of the wrestling promotions in the in uh in our area and they have a secret show coming up um it was really cool how they did the uh the venue announcement because yeah that was a lot of fun with everything going on you know you know rosters have to change you know the lineup and the way things are booked has to change from time to time because of either between covid other types of restrictions they they'll have somebody booked and then something last second will come up and they won't be able to do it like what happened with the last show uh journey pro fans love journey pro so it's not really always about the the uh talent they have booked it's more about just all of us getting together and having a great time watching some awesome wrestling um that being said, because of that, it was kind of a joke in, in a sense to name this show All Our Shows Are Secret Shows because this time around they decided to uh, they decided to kind of do a scavenger hunt on the location of the show this time, uh, which was a lot of fun. We are obviously still searching for it. Uh, if you haven't seen on our social medias uh, at TV at Gone Patrick, uh, at journey pro KC, um, there's been a scavenger hunt, so nobody can actually say it on social media specifically where the show is, if they figured out the hints, um, but they could do word of mouth. We could say it on this podcast. If we knew where the hell it was, uh, but it is depending on when you're listening to this, it is September 17th. That's this Friday, unless you're listening to it after the 17th, clearly at 8 PM, uh, and the card is being announced as we speak. So I'm not really going to get into that. Just know that if you're coming, you're, it's going to be worth it. It's free show, but even if it was uh, a paid show, it'd be worth every dime spent as usual. Uh, Patriot Pat and I will be there. Um, assuming we can find the place. So if you see well, us on the I, side of the road, wave us up yeah. and like, Hey, shout it out. This is where the show is. You idiots. Uh, you know, so. I, I can tell you, um, uh, it's it's not at Arrowhead, um, <laughs> and and security's really tight there, and 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 I had to buy a new phone because they confiscated it. So um, yeah, it's all it's also not in the public bathroom of some random establishment in the middle of the night, uh, 
when people are using said bath public bathroom when you're trying you know, to ask of all the places is, that we looked i think that one had the most potential that guy was not stoked that i uh, no. that i walked in on that so if you no. haven't seen it jump on social media journey pro shared it i've shared it he shared it him Side i'm gonna get this, the direction it. right uh it's 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 it was a very unpleasant experience but apparently people thought it was funny so uh let's see so yeah anyways journey pro wrestling always uh, regardless of you show up to the show check them out uh twitch i think it's um journey to anarchy on twitch if i'm not mistaken um you can go and kind of check out some of the previous shows i believe they're also on iwtv uh it's just they're a great time they're extremely supportive and also one thing to uh make note of this is a very this is a very big note um in all seriousness it is a free show uh but they are accepting donations um the whole show is kind of based around collecting donations to uh benefit mental health and mental health care uh, all the proceeds that go in through the donations will be put into that uh if I, let me see the wyandotte center for community behavioral health care uh is where the money is going so if you show up and you've got a couple bucks you can spare no matter how much it is uh it's definitely going towards a good cause obviously all of us know you know mental health ain't no joke it's very, very uh, still fresh in our minds what happened with Daphne, which was terrible. So, mm -hmm. and, and we all know somebody that's got these issues. I've got them myself. I can't speak for Patrick, but I know, you know, I, I can almost yeah, assume we we've all issues. got our issues when it comes to our mental health. So, and, and it's, it's nice to have a place like Wyandotte to where you can go get help. It, Journey Pro is just, it's, it's a great place. So if you can come up, hang out with us, say hello, please do. If you can donate, please donate. Um, if you can't, that's again, that's fine too. But uh, just know it's all going for a good cause. And it's, it's something that means a lot to everybody right now. So uh, we're going to go ahead and move forward here. It's a little change in the lineup this week. Um, we're going to go ahead and then jump straight into uh, our buddy JCB from Band from Ringside Podcast at BFR Pod on Twitter at BFR JCB, and then we've got the other co-hosts at BFR Bill and at BFR Zach with an H. Uh, also, every Friday, check out their new episodes. They're seriously one of the best wrestling podcasts, the most entertaining podcast there is. I'm not just saying that because I'm biased. Uh, but yeah, so as usual, Jason's got a few things he needs to uh, uh, let let out into the uh, to to keep himself from exploding with anger on a weekly basis when it comes to some of the. Uh, wrestling misfortunes so we're gonna take a break for a second we're gonna hear from jcb and then we'll be right back with you this is banned from ringside what's up everybody it's your boy jcb jason cornelius bell i'm back with my weekly rant we had the relaunch of nxt 2.0 last night uh some good some bad Braun Breaker, not necessarily the greatest name in the world, but he's kind of the focus a little bit of my rant this week. He came out and challenged LA Knight, or LA Knight challenged him, however you want to call it, and LA Knight proceeded to lose to one Braun Breaker. First off, you can call him by his real name, by Steiner, Rex Steiner, if I'm not mistaken. Okay, maybe that would give a little more of a focus on who he is and kind of get him over 
off the jump without even talking about his backstory or whatever the case may be. He came off as a little goofy, but he looked good in ring. But if you'd have connected the name to Steiner and Braun Breaker, maybe that gets him over a little more. My problem with this whole thing is L.A. Knight. So this man comes in, a lot of hype, a lot of bluster, and he's kind of been on a roller coaster ride so far so i'm thinking to myself self you know what he's in the four-way this week this could be the chance to put the strap on him you can make him a the, the new champ of this brand and kind of go from there not only does he lose to braun breaker what a name to before the title match he comes in at the end and eats the pin in the title match okay I'm not even going to talk about how they, you know, destroyed Kyle O'Reilly and put in Von Wagner. Who the fuck is Von Wagner? Okay, this is that was another problem with NXT last night. A lot of names, very little introductions. You've had at least two weeks to start putting some names to faces, and all of a sudden you're putting Von Wagner into the main event. Neither here nor there. LA Knight is the bigger disappointment here. He has come in and has been made to feel like a major star, and not only did he not job out once he lost a second time on the same night there is no reason in the world that he should have lost the Braun breaker if you wanted to put Braun breaker over you got a ton of jerks in the back they let uh drake maverick get ran down by some jabroni i don't even remember the dude's name kind of my point you could have had Braun breaker destroy Drake Maverick, and then have L.A. Knight come out, and if this is what you wanted to do, because this whole Samoa Joe thing is kind of throwing things for a loop, I'm not sure that Ciampa wins the title to begin with, but if you wanted to have Ciampa to win the title and pin L.A. Knight, that would have been a better way to serve L.A. Knight in the long run. All you did right there is just make L.A. bad. L.A. Knight look bad not once, but twice. The pin to Ciampa, not a big deal. The pin to Braun Breaker, that's a big deal. I don't care if he comes back and costs Braun Breaker the chance at the championship with Ciampa that they teased at the end the bottom line for me is they fucked up one l a night and you can take that to the bank this is banned from ringside and so yeah uh i i can say i totally agree unfortunately i get i didn't get to watch last night for the uh the revamp of nxt 2.0 but i did see bits and pieces of the entire show parts i really liked um and i will go back and watch it in its entirety parts like Jason just said, um, that are very questionable. They're doing yeah. cool things with questionable things all at the same time. So as he said, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll start with this as our transition into the curtain jerker of the, of the night, um, NXT 2.0. So previous to this, uh, Samoa Joe did a little social media post uh, talking about how he was relinquishing the title yet again. Um due to what he said was injuries and that he'd be back. Um, what do you think about Joe dropping the title? I said this on Twitter. My, my conspiracy theory brain is taking over and I, we're taking I, over. <laughs> and, you know, I look at it like, uh, you know, Vince let go of. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, <laughs> Vince let go of Joe. Triple H hired Joe back and 
it's as in control. I, I don't know all the workings of it, uh, but right. I don't think any just, of us really do. Yeah. You know, it, it just, it see it seems a little hinky and a little too convenient. Got, yeah. You know, and if Joe is injured, you know, speedy recovery, I, you know, cause he's one of my favorite performers. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Well, even if he wasn't one of my favorite performers, I wouldn't want him to have a speedy recovery. I don't want to see anybody, uh, you know, uh, sidelined and stuff, but Agreed. I don't, I don't know. I, I did watch last night though. Um, having Champa get Goldie back was pretty cool. Um, in fact, I, I watched it this morning, a couple of, um, do I, are we going into the NXT or are we just sticking with Joe right now? No, let's, let's go. I mean, that's part of it. So we can go ahead and go into that. Okay. The, I don't, I don't like the color scheme. I am, uh, I, I am wearing my, my old NXT shirt. Um, I, you know, I like the black and gold. I don't like the nineties vomit color or colored vomit, I guess I should say. Um, yeah, but a couple of things I did like, like the area around the ring, they made a lot bigger. They did. Um, it, you know, so I, I think it kind of looks like the it. old NXT setup crowd wise, mm-hmm. or at least yeah. closer to it than, uh, than the CD or CWC. Yeah, yeah, uh, the hard cameras on the other side. Another thing I noticed, um, the camera angles. I'm digging the camera angles. They're using a lot of different ones. They're, it's not just, uh, you know, a, either parallel or perpendicular. You know, they're, they're doing some uh, some sharp angles and stuff. So I'm digging that. Um, uh, the, yeah, the, the crowd was really cool. Uh, just uh, the way they had it set up. And this is coming, like, last, or last show, I was talking about how I loved you know the the chain link and all that stuff right. yeah this is a different arena so the looks outside of the color the looks i dig the color uh, it's, uh, that, i don't it's it's too loud it's too much i will say i i also i agree and i disagree as far as the aesthetic and the, the rebranding and the color scheme i it's a little uh nickelodeon-esque it mm-hmm. kind of has like but at the same time, it's bright, it's flashy, and it probably draws more attention than the black and gold, which don't get me wrong, I love the Triple H heavy metal influenced black and I mean it's the black and gold brand. And, and, but now it's not anymore. It's kind of the the rainbow tie-dye brand. So unless they get, you know, uh dude love to come in and be general manager or something like that then it would make sense but i don't hate it i'm still it's still a little early depending on if they re completely rebrand the championships and all that you know we'll see that's kind of exciting too because i always love new belts assuming that they Mm -hmm. don't complete like i hate the wwe titles like the 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 universal and the heavyweight title The, the looks of them i get it though i get it it's totally about branding you do mm-hmm. not mistake what title that is or what company it's for. So I totally understand. And I'm not knocking it in that sense. I just think it's an ugly belt when you've got like a prestigious looking belt, like the AEW title or the ring of honor titles, even beautiful or new Japan's titles. Like they all look like world titles. WWE's is just the title looks as important as it is, which isn't very, uh, it, it, it it just looks like their logo. I mean, that's right. all it is. is exactly. Their logo. So yeah. I get it. And, it. and it is what it is. I don't hate it by any means, but it's just not my thing. So anyways, regardless, the aesthetic is a little weird and it's going to take some getting used to, but I'm not going to totally shit on it just yet. Cause I don't hate it yet, but uh, 
I do want to get into, like you said, uh, Champa winning all for that. The problem, like JCB said, is that you're building up LA Knight. First of all, he was one of the best feuds that NXT has seen in quite a while. Oh, that's brilliant. With, uh, with Grimes and that million dollar title. Um, but then we have the debut of uh, Steiner's boy, not Scott, but uh, Rick Steiner's son. Yeah, Bron Breaker. Bron Breaker, which oh. I think they somebody said his name is Bronson Steiner. His, yeah, his his real name I think is is Bronson Rex Steiner or whatever. Right. Um, uh, and the, the thing, they were going to call him Rex Steiner, I think, and I think then they, they changed they, it last second. Okay, so I totally get changing the guy's name and trying to get him off on his, you know, not get him off. Whoops, uh, get him going on his own without the 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 name behind it. But first of all, they dressed him like a Steiner. Mm-hmm. Second of all, he fucking looks like a Steiner. The dude is jacked. He's got yep. his dad's face, like he looks like a fucking bulldog. Uh, he's they a little... called him. They called him. Uh, they were like, "Wow, he's very dog face gremlin." uh it's his dad yeah yeah, yeah. and it's his like dad was that, a dog face motherfucker yeah. yeah so yeah that was his dad's nickname so it's like you know they're they're teasing the right. relationship even though i mean you know everybody knows that that's steiner's kid okay and then get rid of a broad just to make another one so anyway uh he's a little goofy but in the ring i did watch most of of that match dude's pretty fucking good already but my problem is just like jcb LA Knight is a star. He was a star in Impact. He was a star on NWA. The dude can talk. The dude can go. He's a little older, but it, it, I don't give a fuck about age as long as you can still go. Like, and he's also in that in that uh, that four way match for the title. So obviously they go into that angle where they bring Braun in, and they have this little uh, promo with each other, which sets up a match between LA Knight and Braun Breaker while he also still has the match at the end of the night. Now, if they're going somewhere story-wise with this, maybe we're jumping the gun at being upset. Um, this thing. No, they're not. Exactly. Two, problem, two problems with that one LA Knight requested the match. Right. Uh, if he's a heel, it should have been Braun requesting the match and LA trying to get out of it and being forced to do it, you know, saying, Hey, I got a match tonight for the titles. No, LA was like, Oh, you go out there in two minutes and I'll show you what's up. And then, you know, they go, they go right into the stare off with Champa and breaker at the end. So it's, you know, it was a little convoluted. Moving on from NXT. Obviously it's a new day. Yes, it is. Because uh, Big E cashes in uh, on Bobby Lashley to take the WWE world title. And let me say, I said this on Twitter, my God, if, if, if WWE wants to continue to not necessarily compete with anybody, but to stay at least in the conversation of good wrestling, they need to start keep, keep this momentum with booking guys like Big E in these spots because he deserves it. You can tell just by jumping on Twitter Every single fucking person involved in wrestling, fan, wrestler, or otherwise, was blowing up about it. Everybody's stoked. What I, do you think? I didn't see one negative tweet. One, oh my god, Biggie! Everyone was like, "Yeah, woo, finally!" You know, and yeah, it was just, 
It, it was cool. I uh, I had to work that night, so I went back and I, by the time I had watched Ride, I already knew which right. eh, kind. I I'm not a fan of spoilers. Um, yeah, so uh, uh, yeah, and which uh, the wrestling world, it's it's almost impossible unless you watch it live or stay on social media until you say, watch, especially it. on Twitter. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you know, I watch it and I was very happy. Uh, that he won. Yeah, so like two of my favorites. Champa's been my boy since DIY. You know, I've, boy, I've blue. loved him. <laughs> and Big E, I, I always thought when Big E was Big E Langston and he was Dolph Ziggler's bodyguard, I was like, ooh, this guy's got something. You know, sorry, and that was what, eight years ago? So I mean, yeah, which is crazy yeah, to think about. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, so having him as the, having two of my boys. As champs, you know, is really, really cool. Um, also, and, you know, Brody Lee would have been so fucking stoked, man. Oh, There's a God, graphic yeah. somebody made on Twitter, and I, yeah. I wish I could shout out the artist, but it's Big E sitting on the apron with the title, kind of just looking down, like, and then you've got Brody kind of in this dust above him, like, looking down on him. And it was such a cool – I almost got a little a little choked up when I saw that picture because, dude, he, he would have been and, so fucking stoked. And yeah, and it's one of those things. One of those things you think of where it's like, God damn! If if Brody were here to see that, you know, because uh, yeah. Brody and E have been boys for years. A I mean, long time. Yeah, uh, his, his uh, what, Amanda. I mean, is it Amanda Huber? I think is that so. John is that Brody's wife. Yeah, uh, she said when she had to tell the kids that their, their dad had passed away, she called Biggie and had him come in. That's how close help. they were. Is that, yeah, yeah she wanted him there when she broke the news to the kids. That's, yeah. I mean, you don't, you don't get any fucking closer than that. Yeah. Um, friendship wise. So for sure. Um, and, and obviously he had that relationship with a lot of people too. I mean, they, they just two very, very, very genuinely good dudes in the business. Mm -hmm. Of course, they're going to be close. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. So that and, was uh, super cool. One thing, uh, one thing I'm wondering, because the, it, you know, uh, you look at WWE now, and you know, you can't, you can't compare WWE and AEW. No, I, I'm sorry, not at all, um, not even a little bit. Like, it's like comparing a uh, a Disney Channel or a, a, a Nickelodeon sitcom. Yep. to it's always sunny in philadelphia <laughs> they're both sitcoms but they are vastly different you know and yeah, they're different audiences so i think if they leak because big e is so popular especially with kids because he is a 300 pound 30 whatever year old kid you yeah. know he's ju he's just a giant you know 10 year old he's a big unicorn man yeah, so I think you leave the belt on him because they're doing this, you know, they, they're doing what they did back in the 80s, getting the young kids in there. If you look at the raw audiences, it's it's a bunch of kids. So if you leave the title on him, have him be the baby face for a while. Oh, I'm yeah. not saying a three-year Hogan run, but at least give him, give him a good you run. know, eight months, a year, 18 months, something in that, where he is the baby face and he is kissing babies and stuff because I see nobody better to do that nope. to bring you know just that that happiness and joy and stuff and and bring in the power of that, positivity 
Yeah, exactly. And bring in heels that are going to pose a real threat. You know, right. bring in heels that are monsters, that are evil. And he's beating evil. If you're going for the, the young kid demographic, you have the hero who, uh, you know, he's, it's just the hero story to where he's got some conflict. He doesn't know if he can win. And then all of a sudden he wins and little kids are going to love it and stuff. And I agree. I think I think if they go that direction, then you know they can't lose. If if this is just a transitional thing, uh, I, I I think it's a waste. I, you know, to to rebuild rebuild your audience, you know, from a younger demographic. I think you got to have him be champ for a while. I totally agree. And you know, there's no denying. First of all, New Day's been around for what feels like since Hogan was still hot. You know, yeah. they've, they've been around forever their merchandise sales are probably still at the, if not the top, one of the top sellers of merchandise Mm -hmm. in the company for that long. Like, I don't care if he was a halfway decent wrestler, he deserves that shot because they've put in so much work in that company over the years. They gave it to Kofi. Kofi had an actually pretty fucking good run up until Mm -hmm. obviously he got, the, the title got taken in like three seconds from Brock Lesnar. Uh, but I mean, even Xavier, who's possibly, you know, very easily the weakest link, but still a very good wrestler. Uh, you know, they got King. Of the, he, he's bringing King of the ring back. So there's a good possibility they could give that to him too. Like those guys deserve the world. Um, you know, with all the tag title reigns, Big E's had numerous, or I think maybe at least two IC title reigns. Yeah. Two IC uh, titles. You know, and you know, they're just you can't go wrong with any of them. So if there's a, a lull period in your company and you don't know who to do what with, put it on the on any of the new day because they're going to carry that shit along. Like so, and that's not that's not at all what happened this time. Like Big E is deserving of that title 100. He's one of the strongest dudes in the company, pound for pound. He's one of the most entertaining dudes. He's one of the most pro wrestling dudes. And he's one of the most sports entertainment dudes. Like mm-hmm. everything equals champion on that guy. Like Biggie is the shit. Um, so I'm super stoked about that. I think that was a, the right choice. Uh, assuming that they don't flop it somehow, which I'm not counting yeah. out, but I, I think they're gonna, I think he deserves a run. And I think they know that, um, also in WWE news, um, obviously we just passed 9-11 um, and we have Patriot Pat here who's probably going to have quite a bit to say about this as well. Uh, you know, I didn't know this beforehand, but so Zelina Vega, uh, was her dad a firefighter? Uh, I honestly don't know. I just know that he was one of the victims. Yeah, so regardless of, of the details, and I'll, I'll look it up here in a second as we're discussing it, but her dad died at 9-11 uh, during, during everything that happened with the Twin Towers, and she got gear that was inspired by her dad, made because she was supposed to wrestle on that Raw, and apparently due to time constraints, they pulled her match from the night. Now, I will say, any other night, for time constraints, I get it. Zelina's not a huge draw. She People love her. That's not discrediting her abilities. She's not a huge draw. Um, so on any other regular night, dropping her match sucks. 
but it happens. In this particular situation, in this particular night, like it would have been just good on WWE to just say, you know what, let's just give her this match. Even if it was five minutes, let her go out there and, and do her thing for her dad. Like you could have just left the match on the card. What do you think? It, you had on the eve of the 20th anniversary of 9-11 in Madison Square Garden in New York City, you have a victim of one of the attacks. You have their, you know, the daughter of one of the victims on your roster who is popular, who is known, and you schedule her for a match. She, she's in her gear, and you cut the match. Taking of, pictures backstage what, what, in the gear saying yeah. she was ready. Like, like, like you said, uh, any other night, fine. You know, uh, it, it happens, but I mean, it, it is just tacky and classless and soulless. And, you know, I, did, did Braun, or I'm sorry, Brock and Roman need to go so long? Did all those matches need to go so long? Did all those matches need to happen to, I didn't even watch SmackDown. I was going to watch it the next day because I was, I was working that night. And, it, and then when I saw all that shit, I was like, no, fuck that. I'm, I'm not watching it. Like I said, they the could have given her watched... three fucking minutes. They could have given yeah. her five minutes. Like, and people would have bitched then, about that too, but. On top of that, this is the day that Peacock and WWE released that fucking documentary about how SmackDown was the first live event after 9-11. Yeah, and then how the next day Zelina was speaking at 9-11 and uh, you you couldn't do something like that just it it pissed me off so much and you know it was pointless uh, it was pointless there was no no, no real reason for it no matter what excuse they used there's no excuse for it you could have made time for that I, I don't know. I just know it pisses me off. It was it was it was the wrong thing to do. And you know, if you go on Twitter, a lot of you know, I mean, I saw Lebreca, Sean Ross Sapp, uh, you know, a lot of uh, well more established in the right. in the wrestling community than you know a, a couple of assholes from Kansas City. They were even yourself. like, what, what the fuck? Okay, a couple of assholes from Missouri. No, I'm talking about. I'm not an asshole. Oh, okay. <laughs> so not, so not yeah, right it, now anyway. But yeah, uh, no, I agree though. It's it's just it it didn't it wouldn't have hurt anything to give the woman a, a few minutes to to pay tribute to her dad. Real quick, I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on this just because we're kind of a couple weeks behind. Uh, but I do want to mention a few things about all out. Um because I don't think we we didn't talk about that on the last show, did we? No, because it was the it was the we, Sunday we announced after. the card, right? Yeah. So real quick, and again, we can we can make some points here because it was <laughs> universally, uh, extremely uh, a very well 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 received pay per view, uh, and mm-hmm. rightfully so. Now, in retrospect, though, I will say that anybody who hasn't been paying attention to wrestling in the last five ten years maybe it wouldn't have had the same effect on them. I'm sure they would have still felt like the, the excitement because everybody was so excited and it didn't help that it was in Chicago. Who's always a hot crowd. Um, but because of all the surprises, if nobody that was watching really knew who they were or their importance, maybe it wouldn't have had the same effect. Uh, but you know, uh, so the pre-show, which is usually a shit show on the other program, 
was a 10-man tag team match. It was the best friends, Orn Cassidy, Chuck Taylor, and uh, Wheeler Yuta, which I'm not as familiar with, um, but versus Jurassic Express, which was Jungle Boy, Luchasaurus, and Marco Stunt. Uh, they defeated the Hardy what? family office. What? You said versus Jurassic Express. They teamed with Jurassic Express. That's, versus the Hardy that's family what office. I said, damn it. Okay. I didn't say that. You're right. I didn't say it. Uh, so I mean, we got it on video. Whatever. But hey, I'll cut it out. Just make myself look <laughs> fucking awesome. I'm. I'm. I am the the holder of the power of editing around here. So I'm gonna sound great. And I'm a matter of fact, I'm gonna make it look like you said that shit. Anyway, so uh, you had Jungle Express and the best friends. Jurassic Express. Jesus Christ. What did okay. I say? Jungle Express. Whatever. So any fucking way. Versus the, the Matt, uh, the office family. I'm going to say it wrong uh, on purpose. Fuck you. Yeah, uh, 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 you know, obviously, Best Friends and Jurassic Express went over, uh, rightfully so, because they're fucking super hot right now. And Jungle Boy mm-hmm. is one of the, you know, I'll, I'll every show I'm going to say something awesome about Jungle Boy. Uh yeah, but anyway, so they beat him by submission, and then we had a, a nice surprise. The first surprise of the night, uh, we had the return of uh, Butcher. So Andy complains on Twitter. He's also the guitar player for Every Time I Die, one of my favorite bands of all time. So anyway, we also, the, the, the curtain jerker of the night, which was probably the best way to start off the, the official uh, beginning of the show, the TNT Championship, Miro versus Eddie Kingston, let me just say, I would have never, even though I had kind of thought about it before, I never really thought about Eddie Kingston versus Miro. That shit had me on the edge of my seat the entire mm-hmm. fucking time. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, Miro goes over, and I say obviously only because I think we all kind of knew that he was going to retain, although it would have been, I wouldn't have been extremely surprised had. Kingston gone over but I think if they're going to do that they'll play it back while he's in his hometown they had kind of have this hometown thing going on uh so you know they go back to New York maybe he takes the strap I doubt it I think Miro's going to run with that thing for a while rightfully so I will say I like, I like Miro as a champ too I do too man he's and he deserve he, he's another one he just he deserved this time but great match overall right guy went over technically uh then we had uh Moxley versus Kojima Super stiff match. I think I kind of like this whole Moxley is the doorway to Japan. Yeah. You know? uh, Moxley, Moxley, yeah, Moxley is the doorman <laughs> that, that the yeah. Japanese wrestlers have to. Which is cool. It makes perfect sense, honestly. Uh, nobody else in the company right now other than like Omega would, would make any more sense in that role. Uh, so totally makes sense. It keeps Moxley out of the title picture which needs he you know he needs to be relevant but also kind of away from that because they got a lot mm-hmm. going on with that right now and i think we're gonna have a lot more going on with that here in the future in the near future but anyway he goes over kojima and then we get another surprise which popped me hard i don't watch a lot of new japan i know who this guy is like if you don't know uh suzuki pops out after the end of the match 
to a, a major pop. Uh, and then basically round two, it was almost like it was some kind of quick gauntlet match. Uh, him and Suzuki start going back and forth. If you don't know, Suzuki is a stiff, gnarly wrestler. The dude is the epitome of Japanese strong style. He don't play. He don't play. Suzuki don't well, play. I know we, uh, we were both watching this, uh, and I get a text from Luch, and he goes, Luch. he goes, holy shit, Suzuki. And I reply, I know. Who the fuck is he? <laughs> dude, <laughs> because it, I, don't, I don't know anything about New Japan. I just, when he came out, and the crowd went nuts. My wife goes, who is that? I go, I don't know, but I think he's a big deal. And then she goes, is, is that his, his hairstyle? <laughs> and, and I was like, I, I don't know if that's scarring or, uh, and then I looked and I'm like, no, that, that was, that was a conscious choice. That, yeah. That, <laughs> no, I think he's badass enough that that hair just grows that way. Like, yeah, so anyway, he is, he's got an grow. extensive history in new Japan. Um, and if it's it's real easy, go look up almost any match you can find on YouTube or wherever else. The dude is fucking insane. So that was super cool. Um, and then oh, obviously, and the, go ahead. A side note: um, everybody should follow Kojima on Twitter because that is the most wholesome tweet ever. Yes, oh dude. my god, he's like, I ha I have match with John Moxley. My English is not good. I love bread. Thank you all. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, you're like bread, oh my god, you. The bread thing cracks me up. Uh, oh, I love it. But it, it's like it's like the Bob Ross of right. fucking Twitter for sure. Uh, but yeah, so obviously the uh, the Moxley Suzuki thing carried over into Dynamite. We're not going to really touch on that too much. Uh, it was a great show, but we got a lot to cover. Um, Britt Baker versus Chris Statlander. I personally was pretty hyped for this match because I'm a huge Chris Statlander fan. I love Britt that was Baker a banger. too. Uh, but they really, they really commentator commentary really, really, really did a great job trying to put Chris Statlander over as this like big beast because she did have a size advantage over Britt Baker. Um, you know, her gimmick's kind of silly, but when she's in the ring, she really fucking is, is really good. And she's some getting of those, better. Some of those moves, yeah. Oh, in a, in a year or two, oh, yeah. she's going to be, yeah. Uh, you know. And especially the way, they're, the way they're booking her now and the way they're, like I said, they really fucking piled it on heavy on how powerful she is and how she was a, a definite threat to Britt Baker, which they don't, they do a good job of on a normal basis, but they really put it in on her. Mm -hmm. uh, the highlight of the night, one of the many highlights of the night for me was Statlander's on the outside. She, uh, you know, Brick Baker kind of had the upper hand for a minute. She gets thrown to the outside. They, they start counting her out. Orange Cassidy comes around the corner and starts fucking screaming at her. Not like in a vicious way, but like a motivational yeah, way. motivational like, get yeah. the fuck up and get in the fucking ring like he's just screaming at her and she gets in and everybody's going nuts because orange doesn't talk much you know and if he does it's not he's very you know his thumbs up is like this you know he, he can't be bothered so that was super cool to see that was a very good advancement in his character uh and obviously again i say obviously but Britt baker goes over and retains the women's championship good match overall i can't I don't know if I have a star rating for it. I hate star ratings personally, but it's a fun match. Uh, <laughs> the next match, uh, easily match of the night, if not possibly uh, match of the year, 
we had the Lucha Brothers versus the Young Bucks for the tag team titles in a cage match. Um, so it was a tornado tag match in a cage. Uh, this is goddamn. Um, do you have any points on this one before I jump in? There was there was so many things. Like one of my favorite things was when Matt and Penta uh, is Matt's the older one, right? Yeah, I don't know which uh, one's older, but or Matt Matt's the dark haired one. Yes, um, the one that doesn't dye his beard. Yeah, Matt and Penta were on the apron, and they each had their respective opponent. Uh, yeah, they were doing the small package bomb, and they were both like, "All right, yo, let's do this." Um, is that the so, is that the spot where they had each other's opponent, and they yeah, just they looked had, at each they, other and like, "Ah, oh, yeah. fuck it, let's hurt it, let's yeah. hurt our people." Um, <laughs> there was there were so many just so many spots in that match that, and I know people are like, hey, I've heard people say it was a spot fest. Yeah, it was a fucking spot fest, but it was, it was entertaining as hell. And they told the story throughout. So that, that was going to be my major point on this whole thing. Like it was a total spot fest. It was, but there's no better two teams. Maybe there is, but in that moment, there is no better teams to pull off a storytelling spot fest. Mm-hmm. than those guys like they fucking killed it they there killed was, it there, there was just so much and you know and then you know seeing like you know, they they're trying to rip the masks off and stuff and i don't i don't like that too much because i think okay you do that five minutes into the match and then you got another 20 minutes of match where you got a fucked right. up mask you know well, so i mean they I'm, end up I'm with not... the crimson mask at the end so it's not like we yeah. would have seen Pippa's yeah. face anyway uh, and uh, so uh, the uh, the shoe that Brandon Cutler threw in that was awesome. that was cool. That was a, that was a great. Uh, there was a lot of drama in the match. Like mm-hmm. there there was a lot of drama. And awesome. you know, yeah, it, and it was exciting. And there were times where yeah, I thought the Bucks were gonna win, and I was uh, pissed because I was like, no, you know, I'm a huge Lucha Brothers fan, and I mean, I'm a huge Bucks fan. I was saying, you know, the last show how I'd love to hate them and stuff, but yeah, God damn it, I wanted the titles off them. Um, Look at that. I, I took the Bucks and the prediction because I thought mm-hmm. there was no way they're going to, the elite is slowly assembling. Like, there's no way they're taking the titles off of them. And sure enough, and it's not because I didn't want the Lucha Brothers to win. Look at me. But the right guys, honestly, though, went over. The, the moment at the end with, with Pitta's kids was kind of brutal and amazing at the same time. Uh, got blood all over his kids. Ray Phoenix is like, come on, man, let's go back. He's, he's like, man, come on, dude. I've had to shit since like yeah. 10 minutes into the match. And, and I almost Penta's shit like, jumping off the top of the fucking cage. Yeah, like, Penta's trying to get his kids out of the nosebleed section. Like, come on, guys. Come on. Yeah. But was, all in all, it was one of the most exciting matches I've moments. seen in a long time. It was it was yeah. fantastic. And the surprise of them getting the titles was super fucking cool. And then moving on, I'm um, not going to go over every detail of this. I'm just obviously going to talk about the cool part. There was the 21-woman Casino Battle Royale uh, for the future championship match for the women's title. Um, the two... I. I didn't put it in the predictions on Twitter because for some reason I skipped it, but I was, my pick was uh, Thunder Rosa. And as we got down to the final four, I thought to myself, it better end up between Ruby Soho, 
who was the surprise entrant, uh, and Thunder Rosa, who were probably, I mean, by by a long shot, they're two of the most talented women in that whole fucking 21 woman battle royal. Uh, obviously, Ruby Soho showing up was a, was super cool. Seeing her joy walking out there, and then after she won, like hugging a, a what's his name? Hey, Bryce, yeah, like, dude, that was that so was wholesome, beautiful. like, so cool. Such a good, mo- another great moment in this show, uh, and a, and a very cool surprise. Even though we all kind of saw it coming, it was still nice that we were right, uh, you know, in that case. Yeah. Uh, and then when yeah. she walked out and you saw her choking up, and I was like, oh, get, you know, that got me. That that got me more than what we'll talk about later. Right. Um, you know, just like emotionally, like, you know, it was just, it was, it was pure. Super cool. Um, Super cool. Man. Uh, the, uh, a lot of people were saying they could see a Thunder Rosa, Ruby Soho feud because Thunder Rosa, you know, was eliminated by Ruby. I was like, I could see a Nyla Thunder feud because uh, Thunder eliminated Nyla. And I think that would be, that. that's oh, yeah. money right there. It that's probably would really be, yeah. Good. Yeah, because yeah. Ruby Ruby could do anything from this point forward. Uh, Thunder Rosa being one of, if not the best there is right now. I've been a fan of her for years, but she's also just one of the most talented wrestlers over the board. Women, men, whatever. She's extremely talented um, and a very good uh, acquisition for, for AEW from um, – what was she? Was she in – NWA? Yeah, she was in NWA. She came over with the championship at one point originally. So, yeah, another, and, and, and that's not to give away from the rest of that match. Um, it was pretty entertaining, but I think it was in the perfect part of the card because I don't mean any disrespect, but this is the one that most people would call the bathroom break. Not because, and, and again, the I don't mean that. match. Exactly, because we needed a break. This, mat, this pay-per-view was... Oh, it like you know you were gonna OD on just how I was piled. It I was, was exhausted after we watched it. I was I was tired. So we needed <laughs> this, we needed this deep. match where it was to kind of give us okay. We can kind of jump on our phones for a second and pay attention in the background. We knew what was gonna happen at the end, or at least we hoped we did. That's when we well, really chimed in. Uh, you know, and so. especially with the battle with the battle royal, you know. Uh, you know, and, and you know the casino battle royal where you have people coming on groups. You you know you can miss the first little bit, and exactly. you know they're building. You know that that match in itself is just a story within. You know it's stories within a story. So right, yeah, not taking anything away, but battle royals. It's you know until the end, you're just kind of like nah. Which is honestly like they it had to have been booked strategically that way because otherwise they could have just done. Thunder Rosa versus Ruby Soho and announced it originally that way, mm-hmm. but they needed that they needed that padding to kind of give everybody a break for a second, and then jump into to the next match, which I was extremely surprised surprised about to be honest. Like I, they 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 got me, they worked me, and I'm not mad about it. Uh, I'm c- curious to see what happens from here, but. Jericho really pushed the idea that there was a good possibility he was going to be retiring. And he didn't really bl- come out and blatantly say anything specific other than, you know, if I lose, I'll go to commentary and stuff. But he made it seem like there was a very legit uh, situation, which was awesome. This is pro wrestling as a motherfucker. They got us. Most of us. I think a lot of people other than me thought Jericho was going to win. You did. Didn't you pick Jericho? 
Oh yeah. In fact, if we, if we look at if we look at the card um, and our predictions, um, I think I think I got a hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. I believe I, so. I, I picked them all right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so anyway, uh, I don't want to talk. And, about and, it. We'll uh, edit that out too. Uh, uh, I'm com- I'm coming from a mindset of watching WWE for years, so I was able to predict an AEW pay per view based on WWE booking. Dude, you can ask the BFR guys. <laughs> Every one of them. When I was on their show for almost two years, I was fucking horrible at predictions. Awful. <laughs> Awful. And then while I'm watching the pay- said pay-per-view for these predictions, as the matches are happening, I'm like, you know what? I picked the wrong one. I did. <laughs> I, I, I still, to the very end, I thought that MJF was going to win. Now, the cool part, in my opinion, about this match, because they haven't done this a lot in AEW, at least, was the, the false finish. Yeah. So MJF gets the pin, but Jericho's foot was on the rope and Aubrey didn't see it. We have another referee come down, explain to her, hey, his foot was on the rope. That referee was not playing that shit. He's like, fuck no. His foot was on the rope. You better restart this match, which is interesting. They don't do that a lot. You know, that usually referees call is final. Uh, I don't hate that, though. It was cool because it it rehyped the match again. People got, I think there was a slight exhaustion during this match. People were still hot for it, but I think also that there was a little bit of, Oh man, like we, we're going to, we're going to crash soon. And it's no (laughs) fault. We got a rally guys. We got a rally to cheer. So they started to kind of die out a little bit towards that, that towards the, by that false finish. But once they restarted the match, the, the crowd went fucking hot again. Um, and then Jericho steals the win. Uh, so it ultimately, I mean, it was a, it was a cool call. I made my prediction based on what I thought was actually going to happen. Not because it's what I wanted to happen. Um, although I kind of did, to be honest, I was, I did want to see MJF win because I felt like he needed to win more than Jericho. I'll stick by that. Uh, but it is what it is. AEW doesn't do a whole lot to piss me off, uh, yet. So when things happen that I don't a hundred percent agree with, I'm just going to have to roll with it. Cause they haven't really disappointed me too much yet. Um, it's, it's kind of funny because, you know, we're like, Oh, I didn't, I didn't like the outcome with this match, but, uh, but we got to roll with it. And yet, if you look at the flip side with WWE, we're like, what the fuck are they doing? Right. What, 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 you know, what it should, you know, it should be the same thing, but as history, I mean, you know, we're so used that, to it going down that way that we expect exactly, it to happen you know, in another company too, and it doesn't. So that, yeah, that like you know, we're we're expecting like okay, we got this moment in WWE, so the rails are gonna you know, the fucking rails are gonna come up and shit's gonna hit the fan. Yeah, so I mean, right. I, I think I think we're 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 tainted to a lot of the WWE storytelling if, for the past what five years, you know, three years, something no. like that. Whereas AEW is still kind of shiny and fresh, so it's right. Like, not that they can do no wrong, but we're like, ah, we'll give them the benefit of the doubt because they're new. I, you know, I, I don't know. I, I find that in, almost hypocritical of us. And, and I mean, I'm, I'm just as guilty of it too. Right. But, yeah. I will say, so. in the vein of, uh, of complaining about things, they tried, I don't know what the fuck was up with Jericho's entrance. First of all, MJF coming out to the Millennium Countdown was fucking awesome. I knew it was MJF. I I, loved it. I knew it was MJF. Like, there was no way it was going to be Jericho because he said uh, Y2J is dead. 
and he said it several mm-hmm. times. So I knew that was MJF, but I it didn't take away. I fucking thought that was great. Having the guitar player from Fozzy play only the guitar to walk Jericho out was real fucking cringy. And mm-hmm. the dude who wrote the guitar part barely played it very well. Like I yeah. that whole that whole thing sucked. Now that being said, I thought that was awful. I don't give a shit. If that was what was awful and the match was awesome, good on AEW. Uh, moving on, one of the most anticipated matches in the last eight years, uh, not because of both participants in the match, but just the idea that CM Punk is back and CM Punk had his first match back in almost eight years with Darby Allen, who people had a little, uh, were kind of confused by that one being his first match. I thought it was a great idea personally. Um, Punk comes out to some long boys, which was weird at first, but I, I thought it looked good. Uh, long boys being his long trunks instead of the, the, the regular yeah. trunks. I didn't yeah. Hate it. I, I, rem- I, I was like, when he came out, um, I was like, he's he's wearing pants. And yeah. my wife was like, so, my wife's only been watching wrestling for uh, three years. Right. Um, as long as we've been together. So, uh, <laughs> So she was like, uh, okay. And I was like, no, he normally wears panties. And she's like, uh, <laughs> that's what that's what we call him. And, and that's not what like, we oh, call him. That's what you call well, him. My, my wife and I. You fucking um, nerds. And, and, so, and so I was like, <laughs> so I said, yeah, but it, I, I don't know if I can get used to this. And she's like, well, well, I don't want to see any wrestlers in panties. And then she, she goes out. She's like, I want, I want people dressed up like, uh, oh, God, who is he? Except for maybe Ty Conti. Yeah, yeah. Okay, now you got creepy. Um, <laughs> you're still doing the look. I'll just blame it on lag. <laughs> like, yeah, but I'm internet, still moving. So. I'm just, um, but yeah, so so uh, I, I don't know. Him wearing pants was kind of weird. I'm used to seeing seeing his little booty and his little panties. <laughs> So there was a lot of cool moments in this match. It wasn't a, a spectacular match by any stretch. No, it was solid. It was a good match. The throwback, first of all, uh, Sean Waltman, X-Pac, was ecstatic about how <laughs> they they brought – there was a couple of moments in the match where they directly took uh, uh, some some moments from a match many years ago between Bret Hart and, and Sean Waltman. Um, there's two or three spots that were, I mean, almost spot like exactly mm-hmm. what that was. So that was super cool. It was a slow burn, which I thought was good. You can't just have CM Punk go in there and just be the old CM Punk again. The whole point of this was, can I still go? So it started kind of slow and it ramped up as it went. It was a total pro wrestling match. You know, it was very old well, school. Now, and Correct me if I'm wrong, but was Punk ever a fast starter? I always thought that he was a slow burn, and then at the end, he exploded. You know, what, I thought I, yeah, from what I remember, which I, I didn't catch a lot of it live in those days, but when I went back and watched a lot of CM Punk stuff later on, he yeah, he's yeah. very pro wrestling. Yeah, I mean, he started a little faster because, you know, right. you know ring rust and whatnot in his first match in seven years, but... But yeah. I, you know, cool I, match. I, I thought I thought it was a great match. It, the storytelling was great. Agreed. Just the this the the storytelling in the match. The first go to sleep when Darby fell out of the ring and you saw Punk just like, oh fuck! Right. It's just like, come on, God me. Yeah, <laughs> and, it was cool as hell, you know, man. Um, and and you know he made Darby look good going 
going out, you know, mm-hmm. and then they had, oh, that, yeah. they had that moment with the three of them and, you know, him and Sting and it was super cool. And it, it, it checked all the boxes it needed to check for CM Punk's mm-hmm. first match back. Uh, Paul White versus QT Marshall. Anyways, so the main event. Uh, hey, 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 hey. What? Yeah, it, it, we're running out of time. So it, it okay. was it was cool. I mean, it was it was it fun. was what it was. It, it was gave fine. Big, it gave Paul his moment and stuff. Sure. And, sure. Everybody you know, bitched because apparently uh, Jr. called him Big Show. Who gives a? F- okay, let me look into the camera here. If the more you guys complain that Jr. says the WWE title or calls him Big Show or calls this guy this, who gives a flying fuck? You know what's going to be next? He's going to call Brian Danielson, Daniel Bryan. And you know what? I don't give a flying fuck. It's JR and it's AEW. AEW is the type of company where we don't have to give a shit that they mention anything. They're an open company. Mm-hmm. They talk, they're, they're, they're shaking hands in every company that will shake hands with them. WWE being the only one that won't so far. I, I don't give JR is a saint when it comes to, being a presence in pro wrestling. He's been around longer than almost anyone. Still one of the best guys in the business, even though he's rusty as fuck these days. He's not what he was years ago, but he's still very good in his role. If he wants to fucking call Big Show the Big Show, suck a dick. I don't care. The dude is fucking awesome and leave that old man alone. Like he's going to slip up. Who cares? Who gives a shit? We all know what he meant. Grow the fuck up. So anyway, uh, that that was a match. Okay, um, so you might be taking over for uh, <laughs> Jason Cornelius Bell. It, we'll just <laughs> oh yeah, I just I'm, I'm with you. I I 100 agree. Who just the fuck leave him alone. Yeah, whoop de doo. He called he called Ruby Soho Ruby Riot. Oh well, he Go. said Kenny Omega was the WWE Championship right before they went off the air not too long ago. We yeah. all know what the fuck he meant. Leave him alone. Oh, yeah. Dude, dude worked for every fucking company and he's 900 years old. I'm surprised he yep. didn't say, oh, the WCW world champion. Like, who yeah, gives no a kidding. shit? We know what he meant. So anyway, main event time, Kenny Omega versus Christian Cage for the AEW world championship. Uh, super cool match as usual. Those two can fucking go. Let's skip past some of the moments, though, because we got we to gotta move on here. But the biggest highlights, obviously, the match, and this is, Unfortunately, it kind of discredits some of the match because it was a really good match. But the match is over. Kitty retains, rightfully so. I think Christian needs to kind of run with the impact title. He didn't need both. Uh, I don't know why they even put him in this match to begin with. I don't know. that To me, that didn't make a whole lot of sense, but it is what it is. Didn't hurt anything. Uh, Christian I, I Cage, think they put him in because they needed, they needed a, 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 an established name. You know, sure. you couldn't have, sure. yeah. It, so, yeah, an Again, established name with with uh, pedigree. It didn't hurt. It didn't hurt anything for the match to happen. I just didn't really get the booking as much. But that that's neither here nor there. Uh, obviously, at the end, we have Kenny talking about, you know, there's nobody alive uh, that that can beat me. Which, in retrospect, you know, the lights go out. They go back on. We get Adam Cole, baby, in the NXT colors with the the, mm-hmm. the baby shirt from NXT, basically. Uh, I thought that was kind of strange, honestly. He was able to just kind of run in there with all of his his likenesses, which was super cool for him. Um, the whole call for Kenny Omega to say nobody alive is a throwback to the old days when they killed 
Adam Cole uh, before he went to NXT. Super cool throwback. Obviously, he gets the ring. We think he's going to save the day. Super kicks Jungle Boy. Fuck you, Adam Cole. Uh, super kicks Jungle Boy and reunites with his boys. The elite is complete, uh, is what they keep saying. Super cool moment. Adam Cole gets on the stick. He starts talking. Next thing we know. I popped like a motherfucker when Adam Cole came out. See, both like it. So anyways, yeah. So I Yeah, when Adam Cole Great swerve. When Adam Cole came out, I I popped like hell, but I was I could see it coming because I you know I knew he was part of the elite. So I was like, oh he's gonna him kicking Jungle Boy spoke a lot to me yeah. of the fact of how highly they think of Jungle Boy. Oh yeah, he was the I one in the spot between those two. Exactly. So so I I really like that. Just like to, they've been pushing Jungle Boy kind of very slow. Like they mm-hmm. he's he's not doing major major things, but it's obvious they're they're looking at him at all times. Yeah. So I can see cool. I could see a little feud between him and That'd Cole, which would be fantastic. Would, would be great because he's very like, similar uh, to Adam yeah. Cole as far as his wrestling style. They're they're kind of yeah. similar. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's a little more high flyy, but right. still. But so was Cole back in the day a little bit. Stuff, yeah. Right. Exactly. Um, but yeah, like uh, not to get off topic too much, but we've been doing that the whole show. But like but the way do. they're using two, <laughs> the way they're using two I popped huge when I yeah. saw that. They, I absolutely loved Ever Ride. Best like, jobbers oh in the business. These guys are fucking great. So the way they're using them, they they debuted and they were feuding with Sting, and they threw Sting through a table. How much do you have to trust somebody to? to have them brand new throw a 60 plus year old icon through a fucking table. So right. I, I let, you know, I can see things happening for them. Okay. Anyway, back to, so, uh, Colin jungle boy or so Colin. The crazy thing is, so, okay. Cole comes out and I'm like, okay, that was our big surprise, you know, and, mm-hmm. and cool. I'm all good with this. Uh, so they're, they're, they're so smart over there, man. And I, I know I'm again, I'm going to use the word marking out, but, they're so good. So far, their booking in AEW is so fucking spot on so far. And like again, there's some big picks, but I would give it an A A minus. Because know, which, the, the, the swerve with Daniel Bryan <laughs> popping up after Adam Cole, mm-hmm. like you can't give us more. Like, what are you doing yeah. to us? We're we've already drained our our testicles are drained of everything. It mm-hmm. dust is shooting out now. Like we have nothing left. But we did. We conjured up as much as we could from our from our uh, our our grapefruits to uh, have even more excitement for uh, for the new gangster rap fucking uh, uh, Brian Danielson. Yeah, I know. I, I love it. Well, I I tweeted out I tweeted out after the show that watching All Out was like being a kid at Christmas who got spoiled but didn't deserve it they were yeah, like well here you go well here you go and we're like okay i i don't need any more well no here here no 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 i'm, I'm good really this is yeah. enough okay well here no no no. look this isn't even my big present and you're still giving me more yeah yep. here's more okay you know and, and by the by the end you're surrounded by presents you get shit falling over you and you're like i i don't know what to do with all yeah. this and i can and die now I felt, yeah that's yeah. what i felt after all out where i was just like Oh, uh, oh, I there's so much, and you know, I'm thinking of storylines and I'm thinking of this and that, and I'm thinking of the matches I saw and the matches I could see and stuff. And you know, and I'm just like, I don't, I don't, I, 
it's is too much uh but i love it you know it, it's not awesome. just one storyline you know i could see them building different storylines all throughout so okay yeah and they so went all out they they i mean all pun intended they they really did on this show and it all pretty much landed um and yeah so and what a better way like they they said you know it would have maybe been better if adam cole would have been the one to finish out the night had all the heels on top go to black that way you're like oh what's going to happen on dynamite this week because the heels are on top but nah, bringing in daniel Bryan, like that, Brian Danielson in, it, yeah exactly and you know and kenny omega even said it you know i'm in the business of sending people home happy and then sure enough two of the biggest names in the business right now pop up um, and and kind of in a weird non-kayfabe way i mean kenny is an executive vice president so technically he was telling the truth. Like he does send us home happy and they did. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that was super fucking cool. Uh, all together, all out was probably their best pay-per-view this year uh, was, in, their, in their existence so far. I'm trying to think the, the WrestleMania when Kofi won was awesome. Right. Um, and I can't really think of Oh, and then the Survivor Series when they had all three brands. You know, I'm not sure what the years or the numbers were, but right. those two were like the best pay-per-views I'd seen in a long time. Um, and then there is this, and uh, you know, I left just like I left the other the other ones where I was just like, holy fuck, that was awesome. That's how I felt afterwards. Right. I don't want to say one was better than the other because you know, uh, all out still fresh in my mind, whereas the other ones were a couple of years ago. But you know, they, it was just it was it was the, it was like the WrestleMania three feeling or or the WrestleMania right. uh, fourteen, uh, which and I'm guessing just, all out is kind of. Their I think that's their WrestleMania. Big one. Yeah, you their know? WrestleMania, their Starcade, whatever. Right, I agree. Anniversary, um, um, you know. Yeah, and closing on that one, man, it was just it was a it was a great pay per view from beginning to end extremely entertaining although everybody including the people in the crowd were probably drained by the end of the night we all left Mm -hmm. i was giddy through the week like i couldn't stop talking about it Mm -hmm. Um, and what else what else could you ask for in pro wrestling so yeah so that was a great it was a great show and uh and uh you know there there has been a lot that has happened since but we're not going to get in we're we're really gonna we're really pushing time this episode we got a lot to cover I'll just sum it up with, uh, it's a great time to be a wrestling fan. <laughs> there is no better way to put it. Uh, so we're going to go ahead and transition from uh, our mid card to the main event or not the main event of the night. I'm sorry. This is our mid card. Uh, we're going to do our Mount Rushmore this week. Uh, Pat has decided uh, because I decided I picked the the Mount Rushmore for last week and decided it was just too much fucking work to do this time around. So I asked Pat what we should do. <laughs> And he went with uh, greatest heel turns in history, uh, the Mount Rushmore of heel turns. And this is right up my alley. This one's not hard for me at all. If you know me personally, you know I'm I think you and I are good. I have I love heels and heel turns specifically in wrestling yeah. is one of my favorite things ever. I love a good heel turn um, for so many reasons. And we'll get I, to I that think you and I are going to have some. You and I are going to have some some similarities. I think, I think so, but I'm also going to pull some that I wasn't even really thinking about when I was doing my research for this. So, uh, if you don't mind, I'll start this one off. The floor is yours, Luch. 
So if we're going to go with the four, obviously Mount Rushmore of greatest heel turns, I'm not going to go again with any uh, specific order. I, I didn't go that far into it, but um, so I think one that we'll probably both agree on. And I think most wrestling fans will, I'm going to go with this one first, just because I think it's the most obvious, but it has to be talked about if we're going to talk about Mount Rushmore's of heel turns and that's Hulk Hogan joining NWO. Um, I think for the history of the business, that was the greatest turn in history. Um, just the, the caliber of Hulk Hogan, his status, the fact that he was the say your prayers, take your vitamins, like he, the epitome. And at that time, there wasn't a lot of heel turns. There wasn't a lot of, fan, you know, yeah. big, 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 massive face to heel turns. So that one set the mold for for the future of uh, people have tried to copy that a thousand times um so for obvious reasons and we talked about it actually on episode one when we were talking about uh what if uh hulk hogan didn't join the nwo um and sting did you know there's a lot of, we talked a lot about reasons why this is an obvious pick um another one i'm gonna go with this is one of the ones that i wasn't really thinking about originally and it makes perfect sense um is going to involve uh, uh, probably the greatest wrestling manager of all time. And the reason being, because anytime anyone aligned themselves with this man, Bobby the Brain Heaton, you knew automatically that this person was going to be booed the second they stood next to him in any type of uh, positive way. Um, Andre the Giant turns on Hulkamania um, by joining Another forces good one. with... Uh, with uh, Bobby Heenan, um, and it was the end of WrestleMania three. Not no, it was or, or the WrestleMania beginning. three was was when they fought. It was the lead up to WrestleMania okay. three. Okay, yeah. So, and just I remember, and I don't remember if I saw this one live on on TV or not, but I just remember seeing Bobby the Brain Heenan standing there in the promo position, and he's talking about his newest, you know, his newest. Uh, uh acquisition acquisition yeah and uh and then what you see the next thing you see is that andre the giant's walking on screen and immediately i was like oh fuck no like damn it like there's fucking hell dude he did it again he got andre the giant and you know not that i was even the thing is i wasn't and and i've said this many times i'm very open about it i'm not a big hulk hogan fan i have a lot of respect for what he's done for the business uh, but even as a kid, I wasn't a big Hogan fan. I was a heel guy. So I was pissed, but also kind of super excited because it came out of nowhere. Nobody expected Andre the Giant to turn heel like that. So that is another one. Uh, I'm not going to go into a bunch of honorable mentions like I did last week, uh, last show, but uh, I want to also say that Shawn Michaels and the barbershop turning on Marty Jannetty uh, was fantastic and ultimately completely jump shotted uh, Shawn Michaels career. If not for that heel, heel turn, who knows? Uh, and, you know, that could be a possible, what if somewhere down the future, what if he didn't turn on Marty Jannetty, you know, that would have been, that might be a fun one. Uh, so that was another one of my absolute favorites. Um, and then, you know, I want to say die Rocky die. I want to say mm. when he went from being this, you know, Samoan 
uh, you know, just fantastical good guy. Hey, everybody. Right. I'm rocking my via. Nobody wanted that shit. And then, you know, you know, you add him to the nation where he still didn't say a whole lot. Uh, but then that first moment when he mentions the rock in third person, he was a made man from that made mm-hmm. from that point forward. And consistently, even when he was over and loved by the fans, he was consistently one of the best heels in the company. Oh, yeah. He didn't even years. change his character. I love that. Right. He stayed the same character. The only other one I could mention that I wanted to mention was Austin. Uh, but they didn't have a lot of I don't plays. think that was a good heel turn. That was a shitty heel turn. Because when it I happened, liked it, but when, when it happened, a lot of people were like, why? You know, right. it, it, it just... It, I agree. It was, I can't it was argue too with late. That. If they did it earlier, I think it would have worked better. But so, what about you? Where's your Mount Rushmore? So you, uh, you and I have the Hogan, uh, I figured. NWO. Um, yeah, uh, the most epic heel turn. Um, you have the most white meat babyface turning into just you know just the yeah, Hollywood Hogan. That was brilliant. Annoying um, piece and, of shit. And it was funny because listening to. 83 weeks and and you know they they'll do watch alongs and stuff and hearing hogan talk and stuff you looking back now you could hear that he was uncomfortable in the beginning he really was yeah just like he's like the nwo was here and he's just he's like fake and obnoxious and um you you and i also had uh sean michaels turning which my favorite part of that was Bobby the Brain Heenan, which you mentioned. God damn, is there anybody better than Bobby the Brain Heenan? No, no, not not no. there's not that there's nobody better because maybe there there's an argument to be had there, but there is nobody like Bobby Heenan. There they, there can just, never be another Bobby Heenan. No, no. Um, but he's just like, oh look, Janetti dove through that window to get away. Dude, that so gnarly. Just oh, it. it Watch that back. Just the back and forth between Gorilla and Keenan is brilliant. I mean, they were perfect foils for each other because totally Gorilla always going, would you stop it? Uh, yeah. It was just brilliant. Totally um, one that you and I do not have, uh, Bret Hart turning. Uh, I thought about it. Yeah. Uh, the the, Bret, the Hart, Bret hates America thing. The Bret Hart turn, the double turn between Bret and Oh, the, ho- Austin. the Austin. Yeah, yeah. Bret and Austin, yeah. Um, it, it it made uh um it made yeah it made austin um, it did it did and that that whole match if you know about that match how fucking Brett was like you need color and austin was like vince doesn't want color and brett goes don't look, don't worry i'll handle it <laughs> you know dude and he was, was so fucking right man he was he so was. right because that iconic match that iconic picture of the blood on Austin's face and it's running over his teeth and yep. stuff. And he's just, uh, and then he passed out. Cause why would you pass out from, you know, you, you need that, that extra. So I agree. That, that was, that was brilliant. Um, and then the other one that uh, I was just like, Oh my God. And I was thinking of a couple others, but it, I didn't really feel right. Mark Henry's turn when he was retiring. Oh, the, the salmon jacket. Uh, yeah. And yes. then he, and he, awesome. John Cena comes out, and you know, and, and didn't that kick off the House of Pain? Which Pretty sure, yeah, was just an amazing run. Um, yeah, and I loved that version of Mark Henry. I agree. That's it what he needed to be awesome. 
dude was a fucking he's a human howitzer or a human uh, abrams tank and yeah. you know you weren't using him like that until the very end so um so yeah those, those were my four yeah and those are great points. like and, and those were very close to i was close to picking those myself uh because again they're there and there's a lot more to, that could be talked about as well. Yeah. But as far yeah. as our, fact, our personal Mount Rushmores, tweet it, tweet it on, uh, tweet it on Sideways in Time. Tweet us yours, and we'll give you shout outs next next week. Absolutely. So as we're talking, actually speaking of shout outs, I'm looking for the tweet for because uh, speaking of Brian Danielson and AEW and the All Out thing, we had tweeted out uh, if Daniel Bryan, if Brian Danielson shows up at all out that uh anybody who retweeted that would get a shout out um so and 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 i would make up a story about how we met yeah so we don't have to go too deep into that because again we're already over an hour which is fine we it's all good uh as long as somebody is still at least one person is still listening this far in we're doing good uh no, i stopped listening 20 minutes ago <laughs> i know you did uh <laughs> damn it man yeah i don't know exactly where that tweet was so i will say mike Daug, my boy dog he was one of them uh so and we we've given him a shout out like probably almost every show so far yeah dog i no, i remember i remember when we met um you know i was i was hiking up everest and uh, uh yeah yeah and, and and my walking pole snapped and i tripped and twisted my ankle and here comes this uh this dapper gentleman, um, and he was dressed in, in, you know, cut off, cut off sleeves, t-shirt, pair of shorts, and flip-flops, climbing up Mount Everest, and he was like, come on, dog, I got you, threw me on his back, carried me up to almost the top of Everest, threw me down so I could hobble my way to the top of Everest, so I could say that I climbed to the top of Everest, um, I, uh, I would have pictures, but that was on the phone that was confiscated at Arrowhead Stadium. So, Jesus um, Christ, come yeah. on, <laughs> sorry, You're but, but me. yeah, that's how, that's how dog and I met. That's how dog, um, didn't, uh, didn't our TSA friend retweet it? So I found it. Uh, okay. So, and we're going to go, we're going to breeze through these. Okay. We don't have to talk about how we met every one of them. If, if, uh, give it just a second here says my connection's unstable so i don't know if i'm choppy for you or not yeah you're a little buffery okay give it just a second here try to see if we can is it any better yeah yeah you're back to normal all right well we'll we'll cut that or we won't who cares uh so i'm gonna go through the list if we don't go through uh every uh it, how you met everybody we'll, we'll space it out we'll, we'll find a way a creative way of doing that later on so you will get your how Patriot Pat met you story. If it's not today, it will be in the coming if weeks. If anything, we'll give it to you in person on the on the uh, on the 17th. Um, so from the top of the list down, let's just go with that. We had Journey Pro Wrestling. Duh. Fucking shout out every show anyways. You got a segment on every damn show. But you get a shout out in this one too because you, you retweeted. Uh, we also have our boy Kevin WK uh, from 8-Bit Geek uh, and the three God, I love his beard. Wrestling pod. Uh, yeah fucking sweetheart and we love you to death uh my brother lucha chef retweeted it well look, look at that um view from the top rope uh we also had the amazing nerd show we also had jcb baby from fan from ringside podcast and speaking of we had 
fan from ringside podcast retweeted it we had our boy patriot pat and then also uh our boy mike good old dog and then we had a couple of quoted tweets here and i think it was both from me so yeah anybody who retweeted that thank you very much we appreciate it and we'll we'll probably do more more stuff like that so we can get you some shout outs and get us some uh some publicity i was trying to get uh jcb um to travel back in time with me i don't know if you saw that twitter crosses tips I, I, you know, yeah, trying to go back to 98 because I said Jeff Hardy's still stuck in 98. He's like, take me back. And I'm like, hell yeah, Frosted Tips and Sugar Ray. Shit. He probably had the he kid in play. <laughs> I ain't even going to lie. I think I've actually heard him say that before. He probably had a kid in play. He was wearing like the $500 rock shirt, uh, like a necklace and fucking giant blunt hanging out of his mouth. Uh, so, uh, yeah, hey. 1998 was a good time, man, you know? So, well, all right. Just, plus, I want to shout out JCB because he's the only one on BFR that shouts out Patriot Pat. So, shout out to JCB and fuck Bill and fucking what's he, Zach? Yeah, hey, naked. Zach, Zach is, a, is a fucking sweetheart. Bill. Yeah, but they don't, they don't shout me out. So, Bill's small package. And, they don't even shout Zach out. So, <laughs> leave Zach alone. Just, Zach's just fucking awesome. BFR Bill, he's kind of a prick. Uh, I'm, just, <laughs> I'm just kidding, Bill. I love you. I swear to God, I love you. Uh, and congratulations. I haven't said it yet. I made him to say at the last show as well. Congratulations on the new baby. Uh, that's fucking super cool. And I'm, I'm, I'm excited to, uh, to have another, uh, another little, uh, heartbeat in the band from ringside family. That's super cool, man. I'm stoked for you. Uh, and Aaron. So all that said, and all that aside, let's dive right into the main event here. Um, and uh, so, as usual, ding, ding, ding. every week except for last week, because, you know, uh, we like to jump in our time machine. We like to take advantage of the podcast name Sideways in Time. We jump on our time machine and we go back to times in history when things in wrestling happen and we wonder what if something else had happened. And in this case, you guys voted um, and actually it was a tie. So next week's show, we're going to be doing what if Paul Heyman would have had the TV time and the uh, and the financial backing and the financial backing to keep ECW alive uh, under his regime. But because there was a double, uh, uh, it was a tie. And this one, we went ahead and we were going to go with we're going to go back in time and do what if Eric Bischoff and his media company would have been able to successfully purchase WCW. Um, and what would have happened if uh, and WCW, if the state of words. So let's dive right into it, shall we? Uh, so, again, we're in our time machine. We go back to, uh, I think it was 2000, 2001. Uh, yeah. If you don't know, just a quick brief history. Eric Bischoff was having trouble trying to get uh, WCW was going up for sale. They knew they were going to be getting rid of WCW. Um, unfortunately, even though I wasn't a big WCW fan, it's always unfortunate when a, when a big company like that has to go because there's a lot of talent that didn't get a job after that. Um, and, there's a lot of behind-the-scenes people that didn't either. Well, and, there was just, and the fans suffered too because there was a company yeah. that a lot of wrestling fans enjoyed. If they didn't want to watch WWF at the time, they had WCW, and so it was a, it was a shame. Uh, but 
listening to a lot of the 83 weeks with Eric Bischoff and Conrad Thompson. He's also said it in a lot of other interviews. He had tried everything he could uh, to get um, to be able to purchase WCW and be the owner, the sole owner, him and his company to run WCW and keep it alive and keep it from being bought uh, for basically pennies on the dollar by the competition. Um, I think he, he was going to pay 60 something million. I, I want to say that I could be wrong, but I want to say it was like 50 or 60 million. And uh, it ended up selling to Vince bought it for five. Yeah. So there was a lot going on there. There's a lot of details that were behind the scene that I don't really feel like going into. Um, but just know that there, there were a lot of people kind of not necessarily bidding on getting the company, uh, there were, but, yeah, there were a couple like Jerry Jarrett was one. Right. Um, um, I think the most notable though, in this case is that Eric Bischoff, who had technically been running the company, at least as far as creatively and trying to get things going aside from the short period of time he took off while, uh, Vince Russo had stepped in creatively and had a great idea that was not executed well whatsoever with the whole new breed thing. Um, it was a disaster. We all saw. Uh, Jeff Jarrett lay down for Hulk Hogan in a big feud between Russo and that whole thing. So there was a lot of things going on at this time in this company specifically. Uh, Ric Flair at this point was burnt out. He wanted nothing to do with the company. He was actually happy to see it go. Um, and then there was a lot of young talent that had just got started over there that were like, what the mm -hmm. fuck are we going to do? So Eric wanted to really, he wanted to buy the company and see what he could do with it. So in this case, we're going back to that time. Uh, and we are going to kind of go over what we think would have happened had Eric Bischoff bought the company. You want to start us off? Yeah. So he was working behind the scenes. He actually had, um, they were going to set up in Vegas at the Hard Rock, uh, the parking garage on the roof. They were converting that into a concert venue slash wrestling thing. And so they would have been able to film, you know, just like TNA and Ring of Honor and stuff, dude, they would have been able to film, you know, a month's worth of shows or whatever. Uh, yeah, just right there in the arena. Um, and then, you know, eventually start going out and touring for pay-per-views and stuff. But I think, you know, his big thing was he wanted the, the central location to, you know, just to, to build up. And honestly, I, I like that idea. I like how TNA did it. I like how Ring of Honor and Impact do it now. And even NXT, you know, you have that one place to where it's like, you have people that go to it instead of touring all around. It keeps your costs down. Um, you still get a crowd. Um, and, uh, you know, and I mean, I, you know, I do things like if you're going to all the tapings, I would tell the fans, hey, bring different shirts. Uh, you know? <laughs> or, hey, we're going to move you around and stuff. Uh, you know, so because if you if careful watchers will be like, hey, that's the same guy that was at Impact last week. But anyway, um, so he had that set up. He was, he, he had everything set up. He was working on the talent. The only thing he didn't have was the TV. He wanted to deal with uh, Turner, yep. and they didn't want to do anything with wrestling. Kind of funny, fast forward 20 years, and now they right. those. But um, uh, they didn't want anything to do with wrestling. So that was the nail in the coffin. So uh, uh, let, let's say another channel pops up, and they were like, yeah, we want wrestling. We saw the heyday of the past five years, six years and stuff. So, you know, uh, so another uh, another channel, freaking TNN, uh, wants to get back into the wrestling game. So they, they offer Bischoff the TV deal. So he's got, uh, you know, one night a week. We'll say Wednesday nights, um, one night a week, two-hour show that he can bring 
WCW back. Um, I see, uh, and it, as much as people hate Bischoff and stuff, the dude was a great mind for booking, the great mind for storytelling and stuff. He he knew how to tell a story. He knew how to do the hero's story. He was um, kind of a he was kind of responsible for you know WWF at the time bringing in a little less of the gimmicks and a little more of the reality-based stuff. I mean, mm-hmm. he's that, saying reality-based wrestling, I hear Eric Bischoff's voice every time I say it. Like, he was yeah. very responsible for the shift in creative and the creative of pro wrestling. So he's been on record saying that the people that he wanted were like Sting and uh, Flair. Um, but I could, uh, you know... I, I would have seen, uh, you know, I think he wanted Booker. Um, he saw a lot in Booker, uh, but I would have Rightly seen him so. work. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, I would have seen him working with the, uh, uh, the younger talent a lot. I mean, uh, you know, there was a lot of young talent that he really, really liked, um, you know, that just, they were, they were getting drowned out by the NWO. Well, now NWO had run its course and stuff. So I could see him working with a Sean Stasiak, a Sean O'Hare, or a Mark Jindrak, even right. uh, Hugh Morris, um, right. you know, helping them, a Billy Kidman, stuff like that, too. All these guys had potential, and they just needed, uh, you know, they needed the, the, the showcase to do it. So one thing I would see, you know, WCW still existed is there would be kind of like AEW is now a lot of emphasis on the youth and building up, you know, you're building up your foundation, moving them up the card. And meanwhile, you have new, more new people coming in, moving them up and stuff. So I, you know, I, I would see that. And that's, you know, that's one thing that uh, I think that he is, he could do. Uh, but the problem is you're looking at all that through the veil of the NWO, which was taking right. up so much time, you know, um, but yeah, so, so, I mean, you can't look back, well, he didn't build anybody up. And yeah. Well, 90% of his focus was the NWO because right. the NWO was what was making them money at the yeah. time. Um, so I, kind, I, I agree. I, I do agree. I think that you know and it's hard that's one of the hard parts about this segment every week is because it's hard to speculate what could have happened when it didn't but in this case we are sideways in time so we that's what we do um i think he knew that the days of hogan nash hall ddp you know i think they would have all been crucial parts of his show his his wcw eric bischoff's Um, but I also think that guys like AJ Styles, who kind of had a little sip of tea, um, in Mm -hmm. the very tail end of WCW guys like him, you know, would have had a little bit more of a light shine on them as well. Um, that being said, there was the rumors that, uh, Joey Styles and Don Callis were supposed to take over the commentary, which to me is kind of crazy that Joey Styles would have come anywhere near WCW. I don't know how much I believe that because he's been very vocal about how much he fucking hated Eric Bischoff and WCW. But when there's, when they're, you know, by that point, ECW has gone. Um, so, you know, do you provide and your family and I, go and go call some wrestling? I think you might. Uh, and Joey Styles was a fucking fantastic 
commentator. Uh, when she did him on play by play and callous on color, it would have been perfect. Honestly, would, it would have been oh amazing. My God, um, oh my God. Now looking at it as what would have happened to the business. Okay. So 2000, 2001, somewhere in there, say Eric Bischoff and his company are allowed are, are, are able to buy WCW. There's a, there's a few things that could have happened. He could have finished his NWO storyline by turning WCW into the NWO. He could have done it. Um, do I think that would have happened? Not necessarily. Uh, but there's always the chance that that was the whole point. The whole point was to be that NWO was the takeover and that WCW was, you know, going to be taken over by the NWO and the NWO would have become the new company and it wouldn't have been a faction anymore. It would have been the brand. Um, so there's always that possibility. But I also think because WCW was gone, NWA TNA, total nonstop action, which happened, uh, I think that was somewhere around 2005. Oh, four, I think. Yeah, was when they started the weekly pay-per-views. Uh, I think that would have actually possibly never happened or wouldn't have needed to happen because mm-hmm. WCW would have been that company. They, you know, they already had a lot of the, the talent that was the homegrown TNA talent, like a Samoa Joe, like a AJ Styles, you know, and then obviously you had a lot of crossovers especially in the early days, because you had, you know, uh, guys like Jeff Jarrett who were a crucial part at one time or in quite a, quite a while in TNA. Um, and all these other players that ended up in TNA, uh, I think it would have folk, he, you know, it would have been a new look. They would have completely swapped what he calls the, the cat's butthole logo, um, of that old, (laughs) I love that logo personally. I thought it was cool as hell. But it was that weird, the stage that had the big, big, weird WCW logo, uh, spiky kind of logo. He hated I, that. Apparently. I like that one. The one I hated was that stupid red one that they that WWE tried to use. Oh, or, yeah, or that was awful. That was stupid. That was, but that was, garbage, that was but... them just trying to say, let's make something real quick because we know this isn't going to mm-hmm. last. But again, I think the younger talent like Deshaun O'Hare's would have shined because uh, Sean O'Hare was – I don't know. The little bit of time I was able to watch him, I thought he was fucking awesome. He was huge. He could move. He was quick. And he had a lot of room to grow. Um, He had that look. He just needed to work on promos. He had everything else. I agree. I will say the negative shine on this. Um, If it's anything like when Bischoff, although he was not running things specifically, uh, let's also remember that when times got hard in TNA and they brought Eric Bischoff in, he went back in time and he went for the nostalgia acts and he brought back in Hogan and he brought back in Kevin Nash and he brought back in Hall. And then he brought in like the ECW got like, it became a, well, fuck. Like we don't know what to do with the young talent anymore. Mm-hmm. I have a feeling, unfortunately, that it still would have folded. I don't think WCW mm. would have lasted. And I think something like TNA Impact, NWA, would have possibly popped up anyway. Um, maybe. You know, again, we don't know. But I don't think it would have lasted more than maybe past 2007. 
I think unfortunately oh, wow. would have had less than 10 year run because I think Bischoff's a great creative uh, and, or at least was, but I think at a certain point, as far as being the guy who runs the company, I don't know that he would have had the right handle on it because he would have been handing off like he did in TNA. He would have been handing off uh, pieces of the operations to guys like Hogan who will not let go of certain things. He would have made himself the, the center of attention like he did in TNA, um, which was a thing that turned most people off of TNA at that time because with Dixie Carter it, in charge, who didn't know much about wrestling, uh, she was a fan, but she didn't know much about wrestling. She just had the money to book it. Um, then you had Eric Bischoff as a creative guy who was mostly on screen, not necessarily in charge of, of creative, but you have Dixie who was... Like, ah, but Eric Bischoff is the guy. Like, he's the wrestling guy, and so is Hogan. Let's bring them in, and they can kind of do what they want to do. I think eventually it would have gotten stale um, unless Bischoff was able to get the right people behind him. Um, so, I mean, ultimately, I don't think WCW would have lasted more than another 20 or another 10 years. Hmm. Um, uh, you know, and a big part of it is where would they have gone if, if, TNT and Turner Broadcasting didn't want them. There was the chance that they they could have possibly gotten on USA because WWE was moving to Spike, I believe, around that time uh, or TN, TNN. They had moved yeah. raw to TNN. Yeah, that's what and Spike so turned into. They they were trying to get that deal with USA would have which would have been a big stab in the back to WWE, um, being that you know USA not you know it, not that it would have really mattered because they left they would they left USA anyway. Um, but the TV deal still would have been a problem. The, the problem is WWF, WWE at the time was still the most, the most well-established. And so regardless of what network they turned out to be on, if WWE decided, Hey, we want to be back on USA, they probably would have dropped WCW, you know, unless yeah. W unless Bischoff and WCW was able to fucking overpower. I just, unfortunately, I don't think it would have happened. And then we would have had a later, I don't know if we would have ever had the invasion angle. Um, maybe we would have, but it would have been in the 2010s. And then who would have given a shit? Because in my personal opinion, around 2010, WWE was suffering itself. Um, mm -hmm. You know, they had, they had swagger. They had uh, uh, Del Rio. They had punk, you know, they, they, they had a lot of great talent too. They just weren't being, booked that way yet but it was boring man. i mean it was the diva era you know to me personally also, when i left but uh if wcw was still around then you know we probably wouldn't have had that era you know what i mean very true there were you know because some of those people would have signed with the you know with wcw um i could see good i can honestly see your point you know uh and who's to say that uh uh, Bischoff wouldn't have been humbled and, you know, he, or, you know, he might've got that inkling of like, we got to beat Vince. We got to beat Vince. And, you know, that's what happened in TNA when, you know, when trying to go up against, you know, and um, it, 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 you can't beat Vince. You it, like, no. no matter, even like right now, if we fast forward to, to AEW, um, which to me feels like a hybrid of TNA ECW and WCW, the best of what all of those three companies companies were able to pull off, and some WWF. 
WWE, early WWE. You know, that's kind of a hybrid of WCW in my opinion, especially with a lot of the talent mm-hmm. they have over there. With Cody, Cody seems to me like a WCW guy. He doesn't seem like a WWF guy or a WWE guy because his dad was WCW. Um, you know, and you got Sting and you got DDP and you got, you know, so to me, that's what it feels like. But yeah, man, like I just, you know, I don't know. Unfortunately, I don't think it would have worked out. And I think eventually WWE at that time, who knows if it would have changed the E at that point, it probably would have, um, would have probably still swallowed him up. Bischoff would have made a deal, you know, and, but I think Bischoff also would have tried to make a deal where their talent got better work in the mm-hmm. WWE, um, which I think would have been exciting because think if, if Sean O'Hare and, 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 and Kidman and all those guys, even though they would have been quite a bit older at that point, think if they would have been able to start that many years later after getting the shine from having a TV deal in WCW for a lot longer, and then WCW goes away, that, to, that era that I was bored of in WWF or WWE would have had some more excitement to their roster because they would have picked up. I think Bischoff would have tried to stick up for his talent. They didn't have that opportunity yeah. when WCW folded the first time. And I think this is another case, like uh, when we were talking about the NWO, how the NWO accelerated everything. I think this is another case to where um, uh, with WCW folding when it did, if Bischoff were to do this, and like you said, if it folded, we would be 10 years behind where we are now. You know, we would be in the Alberto Del Rio, Jack Swagger, Diva era. Not Jack Swagger as a diva, Jack Swagger, comma, diva. And and then there's also, you know, real quick, uh, because we need to wrap it up here shortly, but, you know, maybe we would have had CM Punk and WCW, you know, Mm because WWECW may not have happened at that point. Um, You know, the relaunch of of ECW at that point. So we would have had maybe some of like Ezekiel Jackson and, you know, Bobby Lashley could have been WCW, you, you know, you never just, you just never know. Mm-hmm. And if they would have able, been able to secure a TV deal, get the right talent and the right creative, who knows, maybe we'd still have a WCW, maybe WCW at some point could have overtaken WWE. I mean, that's a stretch, but you, you never know. I mean that we can't say because it didn't happen, unfortunately, or not unfortunately, but it didn't happen. So unfortunately we can't say, but it's just interesting to think that there would have been a whole side era of wrestling that we missed out on because Bischoff wasn't able to secure uh, the, uh, the company. So one other thing too, is uh, I think uh, we would have got a lot more international stars. We would have got a lot more Japanese stars. We would have got more luchadors and stuff. Cause right. I mean, he was the one that brought, he was all about that shit. Yeah, and so you well, know, so I, I think it would have been a little more variety. And depending on the timing, because I don't remember exactly the timing on this, but we don't know that Eric Bischoff, if he would have been able to secure WCW, wouldn't have secured talent from ECW. Yeah. Because he did already. He was already starting to... to oh, yeah, he had Sandman and Michael Austin. Well, and even aside from Hack in WCW, mm. Sandman and all that, but like the Cruiserweights and stuff. Although... Mm from what I understand, you know, he was the one, he was one of the reasons why Chris Jericho and guys like that wanted out because they weren't pushing him. you know? Yeah. But that was, was, that was also the NWO storyline when that was the big timing wise, it didn't work out. 
yeah. he, I think he would have realized at a certain point that he needed those guys if they hadn't moved over. But like, you know, he would have had Rhino who was there, who was WC or ECW's champion. He would have had, you know, possibly well, Sabu like Taz. Yeah. That that's a, another story for another time. Cause I don't know Taz's personal opinion on how everything went down when he moved companies, but in my personal opinion, they dropped the fucking ball on Taz and WWE. Yeah. Uh, which may have been out of their control. Maybe it was, you know, the, we don't know. I, I, I don't know a whole lot about the details on that. Maybe Taz had a part in that. We don't know. Well, he also, it, a lot of people didn't want to work with him because he they, they, they were scared of him. They yeah. thought he hurt people. And these and CW guys didn't see that. Yeah, and, uh, and there, you know, so you have all these big names saying, oh, no, he's going to hurt people, so they pushed him down the card, and then he ended yeah. up fucking his neck up. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so, so, yeah. Uh, so I mean, that, that it would have been an exciting run regardless of how long or how short. It would have been cool for WCW fans to have had Eric Bischoff, the guy they associated with being the guy in WCW, um, be able to take control and, and try some new things. Um, and, it, and it definitely would have made a completely different impact on the wrestling in the future. Because again, if it would have lasted even past that 10 year mark, like I said, we don't know if it wouldn't still be around and would AEW even need to be a thing. I don't, I don't think AEW would be around right now. We never know. Uh, you know that's part of the fun the, of being sideways Bucks, in time. Yeah. The Bucks got their big break in TNA. That's how they got their, you know, when they were generation me, that's right. how they got their big national break. So, I yeah. mean, you know, the, that honor, like, yeah, there's, Mm -hmm. There's a lot of things that came because WCW disappeared. There was an opening for talent to start doing things in other companies. So in, in retrospect, it was probably a good thing, although it was, it was also kind of a bad thing. Cause like I said, again, there was another wrestling company that people weren't able to work. People weren't able to enjoy from a fan's point of view. Um, and the competition was gone because after they swooped it up after the invasion angle, that's when I lost my interest. Mm -hmm. You know, until many years later, it wasn't until NXT started to blow up that I really gave a shit about what WWE was doing, you know, so it, it took another brand or company technically like, like AEW, I mean, uh, NXT and TNA impact NWA had its ups and downs as well. They had some really good moments as well. Um, had it not been for WCW disappearing, we may not have seen a lot of that stuff. We may not have seen a Samoa Joe. Yeah, or, I don't think we ever would have got a uh, – we never would have got the TNA and Ring of Honor. And, and we may you know, have, but it wouldn't have been the scale it was because there wasn't anything else to compare it to. No. Nah. You know, they, they weren't going to compete with WWE no matter how hard they tried, but they wouldn't have had need for that company if there was another massive company still around. So, so – I think looking back uh, where we are now, I think it's safe to say that WCW folding when it did was eh, probably a good thing based on. If not what... a good thing, it was good things happened after yeah, the folding of WCW. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 it set the, the motions to where we have multiple companies. And like I said earlier, we have 2021 where it's a great time to be a fan. I agree. Uh, Whereas, yeah, yeah, I think we'd be five, ten years behind if I agree. Uh, you said it, uh, yeah. Uh, oh, that was brutal too. 2010, <laughs> 2010. Yeah, yeah it was kind it of was not good up until. There are people that I know for a fact loved that era, and and right on. Like I'm not knocking them for loving that era. That they, they it, it was an exciting time for the. I mean, because that's 
Daniel Bryan got his start around that time. Again, CM Punk got his start around mm-hmm. that time. There, there were a lot of young talent coming up. I mean, Miz, whether you're a fan or not, he was starting to come into his own around that time. So there was a lot of positives in WWE. I just was bored as shit by that time. Uh, yeah, I didn't. Uh, I didn't care about some of the storylines and stuff. Right. And yeah, I, I, I kept up about... with what was going on, but I didn't watch. Mm-hmm. But, I uh, didn't care about Daniel Bryan up until uh, much later. You know, 2017, 2018 and stuff. When he yeah, choked out, cool. when he choked out, uh, what's his name? And got fired. I was like, Justin Roberts. This guy's good. <laughs> so, anyways, hey, uh, I appreciate everybody listening to the show this week. Again, I Me apologize uh, for for the lack of a show last week, but we'll make up Me to too. you. We'll make it up to you. Yeah. We'll make it up to you uh, uh, some, sometime soon down the road. We got some some cool things in, in the works uh, that we want to introduce you guys to uh, involving the show. We're going to start uh, getting some special guest co-hosts, not interviews, but uh, we want to add a third person from time to time to the show and see what what uh what kind of input they can they can add and what character they can add to the show. Again, I want to thank Journey Pro Wrestling. I want to thank mm-hmm. Kevin WC WC WK. I want to thank my brother Lucha Chef. I want to break uh, thank you from the Top Rope, the Amazing Nerd Show, JCB. I want to thank uh, BFR Bill, BFR Zach, Band from Ringside in general. I want to thank our boy uh, Mike Dowd. And I want to, uh, of course, as always, I want to thank my man, my man here next to me, Mr. Patriot Pat. I almost called you Project Pat, which is yes. uh, not the same person, uh, but equally as gnarly and cool, uh, in my <laughs> opinion. And, uh, and thanks to all of you if you're listening or watching on YouTube or on, uh, on our social medias. Again, you can check it right here at Podcast Kinda, at Lucha Chris TV, at Gone Patrick. Uh, any last words, Patrick? Not last words like uh, you're going to die, but, you know, for God, the show. I hope not. I uh, do, too. Yeah. I'll be doing this by myself again. I want to thank everybody you thank. Thank all the listeners. Yeah, thank everybody you thank, except for BFR Bill and BFR Zach, because they don't what give me a shout out, so fuck them. But big thank you to JCB. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, yeah, uh, this was fun. Uh, look forward to next week. And, yeah, we got some exciting stuff in store in the future, so. Stay tuned, everybody. We'll see you next week, and uh, you could you you want to say your your keep marking out or whatever? Yeah, keep fucking.